Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Today, I'm speaking with Father Thomas Daly, who holds the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He obtained a doctoral degree in sacred theology from the Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome, and he is the author of a new book on the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Behold This Heart, St. Francis de Sales, and Devotion to the Sacred Heart. I thought it'd be so appropriate for us to talk about this book today, as June is the month of the Sacred Heart, and so we can deepen our devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, especially by praying the litany, but also by meditating on his heart. So welcome to the show, Father Thomas. Thank you, Father Edward. It's nice to be with you. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, first of all, on the cover, of course, you have some letters after your name. That means you belong to a religious order, OSFS. What religious community do you belong to? It's the Oblates of St. Francis de Sales, a religious order founded in France originally, uh, back in the late 19th century, and uh, present here in the U.S., in uh, throughout the country, really, but in, in two provinces, one along the East Coast and uh, one that covers the rest of the country, headquartered here in Wilmington, Delaware, and in Toledo, Ohio. I'll be honest, I can't say that I've heard of your religious community. Of course, I've heard of the Salesians of St. Don Bosco, for example, and um, some other communities. But here we are with St. Francis de Sales having this um, oblate community. And that makes all the sense why you wrote this book then about St. Francis de Sales and devotion to the Sacred Heart. Because as we think about devotion to the Sacred Heart, we often associate it with these private revelations received in the 1600s by St. Margaret Mary Alico. And I believe the devotion goes back even earlier than that to some Carthusians. But of course, it even goes back earlier than that to uh, the crucifixion scene where the heart of Jesus is pierced and blood and water gushes forth from his side. And can you just share a little bit about St. Francis de Sales and his devotion to the Sacred Heart? Because I think this is going to be a new concept, uh, associating Sacred Heart with St. Francis de Sales for a lot of different people. Sure, I'd be happy to. Let me just uh, uh, expand a little bit. The Oblates of St. Francis de Sales have St. Francis de Sales as their patron saint. He was not actually our founder. Um, we were founded by a priest who served as the chaplain to the Visitation Monastery in Troyes, France. Okay. Now, there's lots of connections here, so so bear with me. Um, the Visitation Sisters, the Monastery of Sisters, is the religious order that was founded directly by St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantal uh, in 1610. And that particular religious order, uh, as I say, founded directly by St. Francis de Sales, is the religious order into which uh, St. Margaret Mary um, joined, and uh, in, in a very few short years after her joining the religious order, uh, she experienced those uh, apparitions of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So that's the that's the connection, kind of kind of directly between St. Margaret Mary, from whom we get our modern devotion to the Sacred Heart, and St. Francis de Sales. Um, it comes through that connection of the religious order of the Visitation Holy Mary. You're absolutely correct that that the devotion itself goes way back to the time of Jesus and and his 
is being pierced on the cross where blood and water flowed from his sacred heart. But in terms of the more recent history, particularly flowing from the visions and teachings of St. Margaret Mary, her understanding of and practice of devotion to the Sacred Heart really needs to be understood in that context of Salesian spirituality, the spiritual tradition founded by Francis de Sales and Jane de Chantal. And Francis de Sales, uh, to put it simply, had an understanding of the world, a kind of worldview in which he saw all of human life tending toward and journeying toward union with the heart of God. He, he has this image of a world of interconnected hearts, specifically uh, our connection with the heart of God, and through that, our connection with the hearts of others. And um, the perfection of this worldview, uh, in his estimation, was when our hearts uh, breathe and beat as one with the heart of God. So it was a kind of a robust sense of what the human heart is and what it's made for, and understanding the human heart as the, the, the central image of human life. It's, it's where, we, where we decide things. It's where we uh, feel things. It's, where, it's what motivates us in life. It's that, it's that um, sort of older um, conception of human beings as people of heart. And so that imagery is central to his entire spiritual tradition, which, of course, St. Margaret Mary would have understood, being in the religious order of the Visitation, and uh, from which this, this devotion to the Sacred Heart as we know it uh, has come. So that's, that's kind of the short version of the long connection. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't realize all that backstory. So St. Margaret Mary receives these apparitions of Jesus, and now she didn't even know St. Francis de Sales. She is born after his death, and so she enters this foundation of sisters founded by St. Francis de Sales, and then is formed then, as you mentioned, in his spirituality. And as you bring forth in this book, Behold This Heart, there's this Salesian Novena, and so there's different meditations, the pulsing heart of Jesus, the beloved heart of Jesus, the encouraging heart of Jesus, all of these different aspects of the heart of Jesus. So she would have been formed then by the teachings of St. Francis de Sales, and, and then Jesus comes and kind of gives this devotion for the entire world. So very interesting to see kind of the handing on of her own formation and then the Lord Jesus himself coming in that private revelation. Yes, indeed. She certainly would have been formed in the tradition of Francis de Sales, which in a certain sense makes uh, the devotion to the Sacred Heart, or I should say her experience of the Sacred Heart, a little bit unusual, because one of the... Um, one of the sort of uh, tenets of Salesian spirituality is its, let's call it, its ordinariness. That is to say that Salesian spiritual, uh, spirituality is not really about unusual supernatural experiences or mystical moments, uh, but, it, but is grounded in the ordinary events of everyday life. So St. Margaret Mary's experience uh, herself is, is somewhat unusual, but the focus of that experience, 
her being united with the Sacred Heart of Jesus is precisely what St. Francis de Sales champions for the world. So on the one hand, it's a little unusual, and on the other hand, it's, it's, it's perfectly in keeping with Salesian spirituality. And what I, what I find fascinating um, about it, uh, especially, is that St. Margaret Mary was a cloistered nun. Uh, this was a monastic religious order uh, in the middle of um, a bucolic village in France, not a very populous uh, or, you know, densely populated place. And so here is this uh, monastic nun in a tradition of um, charity, uh, lived humbly and gently and simply uh, amid the ordinary events of life, who turns around and is responsible for uh, literally a worldwide devotion to the Sacred Heart. Uh, it just goes to show you how, how the good Lord can work through uh, the simplest per of persons in the most ordinary um, situations in life uh, to, to really transform the world. You know, one of the things when we talk about the Sacred Heart devotion, I think that there have been some objections by individuals in the past about, well, why have a devotion to an organ? What does this mean to be <laughs> devoted to the Sacred Heart? Could you maybe dispel some of that, those naysayers uh, about this devotion? Well, sure. And, and one of the reasons that those kinds of objections arise is that the sacred devotion to the sacred heart is very much um, a, let's call it a visually based devotion. That is to say that St. Margaret Mary's own experience was of seeing the sacred heart, of seeing that burning love that Jesus has for humanity. And from that arose uh, a whole host of images and depictions of the Sacred Heart that fostered the devotion, um, whether uh, sketches that the saint herself made, um, paintings, pictures, statues, all kinds of images of this heart of Jesus. And sometimes those images were actually uh, separated from the body of Jesus. And that's where the objections come in, especially to our contemporary sensibility. But the real focus is not the origin. Um, it, it, in, in, I, I, let me correct myself. In one sense, it is. Uh, our focus, our attention is on that living, breathing, beating, uh, real, actual heart of Jesus. But the symbol of the heart, as it symbolizes the intense, uh, unending love of God for human beings, that's the real focus of the devotion. So just as uh, the depiction of Jesus on the cross um, is, is a depiction of the death of Jesus, the, the, the whole person um, depicted in one scene as, as the piercing of his sacred heart, it's, it's the whole person, the whole Jesus who loves uh, the the organ of the heart simply becomes a way that we can focus our attention on the reality of the love that that heart symbolizes. 
Your book has nine different meditations on the heart of Jesus, and so we can kind of see the different aspects of the heart of Jesus. And, you know, I'm very familiar kind of with this language because I, I wrote a book for Ave Maria Press called A Heart Like Mary's. And so basically I identify different attributes of the heart of Mary so that we might have a heart like hers. And that was my goal. And so as we kind of look at Behold This Heart, uh, your book from Sophia Institute Press, there's all these different aspects. As I mentioned before, the pulsing heart of Jesus, the broken heart of Jesus, the troubled heart of Jesus. Um, as you look at all of those, those nine different meditations, which one maybe resonates with you the most as a person or speaks to you the most? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and let me let me say up front, I hope I didn't swipe any of your uh, your attributes as I did this did this book on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Not at all. Um, okay, the, the the meditations uh, are are trying to align with the devotion of of a novena. So nine nine meditations, uh, sort of coinciding with the promise um, to Saint Margaret Mary about. Um, making a novena to the Sacred Heart, which we traditionally do on the, the first Fridays of the month. And in those, I, I try to um, replicate, if you will, or build upon the teaching of St. Francis de Sales about mental prayer, about what we call meditation. Uh, and so the, this, this process of, of praying mentally begins with a consideration, begins with a, a, a picturing of, well, the easiest is, is to picture a scene in the gospel. And so the scenes I chose were those moments in which I think the Sacred Heart of Jesus is revealed or evident uh, in various gospel stories, not only the piercing of his heart on the cross. I don't I don't know that I can answer your question directly. I'm not sure I have a, a, a particular one that stands out or a favorite one. I think that the beauty of it is that they, they not only do they all apply, uh, but, but they all can speak to us differently at different times and in different situations. And again, that, that aligns with the spirituality of Francis de Sales, in which we, we come to, to come to God and come to be united with God in and through the very situations that we're living, so th so that's going to vary from time to time. But in all of these all of these meditations that I wrote, um, I tried to keep a focus on the biblical scene uh, where we where we really learn about that heart of Jesus and speak about it from the writings of Saint Francis de Sales and from his his rich understanding of the life and mission and love of Jesus. So it's in, it's in a sense his meditations, not not directly, but it's his words informing the meditations I wrote about the the biblical heart of Jesus. Beautiful, you know one of the things you mentioned earlier was that you spoke about the unity of hearts. And so uh, our unity, we want our heart to be united to the heart of Christ, uh, especially to his love. And one of the things I think, especially as a Marian theologian, is that uh, that the heart of Jesus and Mary at times beat in unison, you know, whether that was as the Christ child was in the womb, or if that was at the foot of the cross, that they're the two, their hearts in some ways beat in unison. I guess, um, speaking about Mary, and we know that there's a devotion to her Immaculate Heart, what do you see as the connection between the sacred and the Immaculate Hearts? 
Oh, I think that uh, jumps literally and jumps out uh, in the biblical mystery of the visitation. Uh, in fact, it's the, the founding mystery of, of the religious order of the visitation. When uh, simply by the words of greeting from Elizabeth, um, the, the hearts of their children in the womb, John the Baptist and Jesus, the hearts of their mothers, um, this, this encounter uh, with the sacred heart of Jesus, uh, even in that, that tiny pre-born child, uh, that encounter with the sacred heart um, inspires joy, inspires the Magnificat, uh, inspires this, this union of, uh, of the two relatives, the union of the two children, of course, who will be later connected in a, in, in a very specific way in salvation history. Um, I think that that biblical mystery of the visitation is where we can see, with the, with the eyes of our mind, we can see the, not only the, the, the pulsing heart of Jesus, but its connection and union with both the heart of his mother, uh, in whose womb he is at the time, and, um, you know, emanating and reaching out and, 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 and spreading forth from them to those that they greet. And I think that's the, in a nutshell, that's the mystery of the visitation order uh, and, and, and of Salesian spirituality as a whole, this encounter with the heart of God that leads us to encounter the heart of another. One of the things that you have as you focus, so the very first one is on the incarnation. That's where you focus a bit on the incarnation and the visitation there. And at the end of each reflection that you give, you're really encouraging people to enter into prayer. So like when we read a book, you're, you're, our goal here in this book especially is that, that we're not just reading the words, but we're allowing the words to become a part of us. We're integrating it into us. We're bringing it to God in prayer. And so you do that in a few different ways. First of all, you, you kind of guide a person. You say, here are some considerations. Reflect on this. Confront the prospect of your own death in one of them. Ponder the many ways in which God reveals himself. So you consider, so that's kind of the movement of the mind. And then you have affections, which is kind of the movement of our inner self um, to, to prayer and realizing these things. And then you have the resolution, how am I going to take what I've read and now live it in my life and integrate it uh, most successfully? And so really you're giving a model of prayer and then after the resolution to make a recollection. So this is kind of in the spirit maybe of St. Ignatius of Loyola as well, who shares in the spiritual tradition of our Catholic faith or many of the others. But how can you encourage people who might not be familiar with this kind of movement of prayer, that maybe their idea of prayer is just petitionary prayer, or thanking God, or praying the prayer before meals, but now they're, they're, they're reading your book, and now they're actually going a bit deeper into their prayer life. How can you kind of give them a little introduction to help them as they uh, begin a, a deeper spiritual walk with the Lord, and especially with His heart? Well, yes, that, that's precisely what all of those meditations are. Uh, they, they, they are prayer, um, prayer in a mental, what we traditionally call mental prayer compared to vocal prayer, which are those intercessions and acts of thanksgiving and, and the kind of, you know, comment, the prayers that we 
we say. But mental prayer or meditation, as St. Francis de Sales taught it, uh, w- would certainly be something that you know monastic nuns would do. Um, but it's he taught it as something anyone can do. And it's really predicated on, um, let's call it a, a, a spiritual way of knowing. Uh, there are all kinds of ways that we can know things, uh, you know, science and facts and hearing it from somebody else and, and um, sensing it ourselves. Um, but in the spiritual world, uh, in the world of our, our union with God, who is beyond the physical world, um, we, we come to know him. Um, let, let me say this and then I'll explain it. We come to know him imaginatively. And by that, I don't mean we're making it up. We're not making up God. But it's through the, the, the distinctive human ability to imagine, to picture, to make present in our minds uh, a reality uh, that we come to know God. It, 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 think of it in terms of someone we love who is not physically present with us. We, we, we can picture them. We can call them to mind. We can remember things about them. And that strengthens our union, our relationship. Well, certainly, um, through the Incarnation, Jesus came and was physically present uh, in our world and, you know, walked and talked and laughed and cried and and. and and was sensibly present to those around him. But for us, of course, since Jesus has ascended into heaven, we don't have that physical encounter with him. And so our encounter is more spiritual, or as I'm saying, you know, imaginative, or, 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 or uh, that, that ability to connect with someone we know through the power of our mind. So that's really the first element in in meditation or mental prayer, considering or bringing to mind those images with which we can connect to Jesus. And certainly those images uh, are are very clear in the Gospels. And so that's the first part, considering. Consider Jesus in this way. But for Francis de Sales, the real um, highlight is that those considerations do something to us. They, they move us in some way. They touch our hearts. Uh, we, we can feel the Lord's compassion. We can, we can feel the Lord's generosity. We can be, be affected by his, his troubled heart. We can be moved by it. And it's all of those affections of the heart. And again, here, here's where the heart is central. Those are the things that really motivate us, move us, transform us in life. Uh, we know that just on a human level. It's, it's what touches our heart, what we care about, um, that, that we are most active about. So that's the second element. From the considerations, how do they touch us? How do they affect us? How do they move us? Um, and then, for Francis de Sales, this was also, thirdly, a, a, a critical element. It's not sim- Prayer is not simply a feeling. Prayer is not simply an affection. It's not simply a moment in which we are touched. It should change our lives. Uh, and, and so resolutions or ways that we can practice or put into practice our relationship with God, which has just been touched in our hearts, ways to put that into practice are critical. And again, Salesian spirituality is a very practical, everyday, ordinary kind of thing. So in, in, in this sense, 
how can we practice that compassion of the Lord, for instance, in, in my life today in a real concrete way? Um, so it's not just speaking about compassion theoretically or abstractly, but what can I do to show compassion to someone just as the Lord has shown compassion to us? So they're, they're the three key elements. Uh, they're not complicated. They're not time-consuming, um, but it, but it, it discloses the, the profound psychology of Francis de Sales. He understood how human beings work, the p- power of the mind to touch the heart, to move the will. And that's how we draw closer day in and day out to union with God. Wow. That, that's pretty incredible what you just shared. And I've, I know that this book, Behold This Heart, St. Francis de Sales and Devotion of the Sacred Heart, when people encounter it, and if they want to do that nine-day novena, the Feast of the Sacred Heart this year is June 11th, so you would begin um, June 2nd uh, for the novena, but to go through those different movements, maybe to pray each day as a way to offer you know, this novena to the Sacred Heart, to, to learn the love that Christ our Lord has for us. And uh, really, uh, you know, St. John Henry Newman, he said, heart speaks to heart. And that's really what's happening here, that as we learn more about the heart of Jesus, well, then we relate to that heart and we speak heart to heart uh, with our Lord. Precisely. And and John Henry Newman took that, by the way, from St. Francis de Sales. Um, that, that's, that's where that, that heart speaks to heart image comes from. And, and that's what I hope happens through these these meditations that God's God's heart will speak to the reader's heart. They can be done in nine straight days or nine weeks or or the nine first Fridays uh, of a month. It, it you know that the timing isn't isn't a central piece, but the the whole of it as a, as a complete picture, I think will have a positive. Effect, I hope will have a very positive spiritual effect on the readers. Most definitely. Well, one of the things I like to do, Father, is that I like to ask a few different questions of each of our guests as a way to end the show, just about their own personal Marian devotion. Uh, you don't, you didn't get these questions ahead of time, but hopefully they don't catch you off guard. Um, but uh, but here the, here we go. The the first one is just your favorite title for the Blessed Mother, maybe one that you seem to be invoking uh, these days. My favorite title is Our Lady of Light, uh, as she has brought the light of the world into the world, and the light that radiates from her own discipleship. Um, that would be my favorite. Okay. And how about a favorite devotional or a, a sacramental of our, of our Lady, whether you know that's just the rosary or a scapular? Is there any uh, little sacramental you make use of? Uh, not so much a sacramental as as the prayer. Um, certainly, the Memorare, uh, which had a, a profound influence in the life of Saint Francis de Sales, um, which is way too long a story to get into. Um, but praying that each day uh, to me uh, is an attempt to to share in that experience and and to perpetuate that that devotion to Mary. How about a favorite scripture passage related to the Blessed Mother? Well, I have to go back and say my favorite is the visitation. Um, that 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 moment when she gets to share the joy of being not only a mother but the mother of God uh, with others, which then inspires such joy in them, 
I think that's what the gospel is all about. And uh, there are lots of shrines to the Blessed Mother throughout the country, throughout the world. Uh, is there a Marian shrine that you've visited that's left an impression on you? Well, uh, locally here near Philadelphia, we have uh, Our Lady of Chestahova, um, which I've been to on numerous occasions. And I know the, uh, the, the popularity of that uh, here in our own local church. So um, that's the one that I, I would refer to. Is there a book about Mary that you would recommend others to pick up and read? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. Um, this is the stumper usually. <laughs> oh, okay, well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an answer that probably no one else ever has, and that would be the book of sermons by Saint Francis de Sales on Mary. Okay. Or about Mary. Does, uh, by chance, does Sophia Institute publish that, or how could someone get a copy of that? I'd love to get a copy of that, it. That would be uh, Tan Books and Publishers. Okay, great. As, as, the, as the English version. <laughs> you know, one year, actually, for Lent, I have a a book. It's on my shelf behind me, but I, I read the, the homilies of St. Francis de Sales for Lent, you know, and informed my preaching for the Lenten season. I try to do that every Lent, to read some spiritual writer's homilies and really to allow that to inform how I preach to my parishioners uh, during the season. So I would love to, to look at his reflections on Mary. So I'm definitely going to be picking that up myself. Um, okay. Okay, and the last question I ask is, you know, when we go to Mass on a Marian feast day, you celebrate Mass. Uh, is there a Marian song or hymn or chant that you hope that the choir will sing that day? Oh, I think any of the traditional hymns and chants to Mary are beautiful. Um, you know, any rendition of the Ave Maria, I think, touches everyone's hearts. Um, so they're the ones I would look forward to. Sure. Well, that's great. That's your little Marian profile that I always build with each and every guest. And actually, there's one more that I forgot, and I'd be remiss not to ask it maybe. But well, when we pray the rosary, uh, some people find it monotonous or, um, you know, they, they don't know if they can engage the prayer qu the best to their ability. Is there any tip that you could offer to help someone pray the rosary better? Well, uh, what has helped me I, I think is this this appreciation of what St. Francis de Sales says, that it's in the power of our imagination that we connect uh, most closely with God. And so each of the, the decades of the rosary is about a scriptural scene or, or a scriptural image. And, and to the extent that we can think of that while we are, while we are reciting the prayers, it's that image that connects us um, through the words of the prayer. So my, my tip or, or suggestion is simply uh, picturing that image and um, just holding that picture in your mind as, as, as you pray the decade of the rosary and listen for God's speaking. 
Well, beautiful. Yes. Well, wonderful. Well, you know, this has been a delightful conversation uh, to talk about the heart of Jesus uh, as you express it in your book, Behold This Heart, St. Francis de Sales and Devotion of the Sacred Heart. People can get that book from Sophia Institute Press or from their local Catholic bookstores. And I really do encourage people to pick it up. I know that I want to pray the nine-day novena uh, that's enclosed in the book and really to learn more about St. Francis de Sales. It seems like he has a lot to teach all of us about the spiritual life. And that's why we have these great spiritual masters and saints that we can always turn to. So thanks so much for joining me today, Father. You're quite welcome, Father Edward, and I appreciate your having me on the podcast. Well, great. And uh, yeah, so please uh, pick up a copy of this book, uh, especially as we enter into the month of the Sacred Heart. What a beautiful way to deepen our devotion to Jesus through his Sacred Heart. I hope you'll join me next time on How They Love Mary. You have been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. If you don't mind, please leave a review of How They Love Mary on Apple Podcasts. Share the podcast with your family or your friends. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, or wherever people find their podcasts. And if you don't mind, please give me a follow on social media at the handle at FR Edward Looney. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Until next time, let's remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.